Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday with A.B. in the house, except it's not Andrew Brandt. Although you should absolutely check out the Business of Sports podcast this week. It is Albert Breer from the MMQP, Sports Illustrated. He's got his own podcast. And he is the perfect guy to talk to for the Brady-Belichick reunion on Sunday night. Among other things, we'll get to Albert momentarily. It's a new week. We're always presented by DraftKings. We are always giving out winners for those of you that spread the word via social media. I love me some quote tweets on Twitter. I love me some shares on Facebook at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker pod. So many good press passes. I can't wait to send you guys for the sponsor spread the word winner sponsor confirmation email winner. You guys just get a free Madden. And I don't think anybody has sent me a keeps subscription yet this week, which is what I'm giving the Madden away for. So what are you guys doing? It's a free month and you get a free Madden, keeps.com slash Ross. And then the YouTube shout out we will give out on Friday as well. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. All I want, all I care about, all I ask for there is subscribe to the YouTube page, make a comment, and then I'll give you a free cameo style shout out that people pay for all the time, which is fun. Patron of the day, Jeffrey Missioner. We are racking up the patrons like never before, probably because we're killing it on the Even Money podcast. And you guys know you can see all of our bets in black and white on our private Slack channel, patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, I already mentioned him earlier, but it's Albert Breer writes a tremendous column for MMQB. Monday morning quarterback. Then I even like the MAQB, Monday afternoon quarterback. Uh, Albert, always chock full of information, spends a lot of time talking with players, coaches, executives. It's very clear in his reporting and his writing. How often are you doing the podcast, Albert? So, like, we actually, like, it's like sort of like morphed into a web show. It's once a week now. But uh, what I'm doing is I'm having like former players, former coaches, and kind of like doing a panel style now. We've done a 
zillion different iterations <laughs> over the last six years. Uh, but it, it's been fun. You know, like this week we had AJ Hawk and Ted Johnson on, and I think you might have played with Ted with the Patriots, right? Like, is that a former teammate of yours? Just barely missed him. Okay. Um, played okay. against him, and he legitimately had the hardest head of anybody <laughs> I ever played against. It was great. I remember we all talked about it, Albert, during the week. We're like, holy crap, Ted Johnson's head. And I think it was because. His neck was just oh, so ridiculous. Thick yeah. And strong. Yeah. And he would just headbutt you all the time. And you're almost like afraid of it. I'll it's, never it's, forget. It's funny because, like, we're having him and AJ on together, like, you know, we, we do the, and you know, you have them on and, and, and they come on for a couple minutes and, and, and shoot the, you know, what for, um, you know, like, oh, hey, how you doing? Everything else. And uh, first thing AJ said to, to Ted, you know, this is off the air. He goes, they don't make them like you anymore. <laughs> so no. Yeah, they absolutely don't. And yeah. dude, I mean, he would make offensive linemen's knees buckle. Yeah, You just don't see that. And what's crazy. I'll never forget Mike Williams. I was playing. I think that game I was playing center. Mike Williams is playing right tackle. And he came back in the huddle and he said, yo, and Mike Williams, by the way, was six foot six, 385 Gigantic. pounds. Yeah. And he said, yo, who did you guys said had a hard head? We were like 52. He's like, uh-huh, he does. I mean, it's 385 pounds, dude. Yeah. It was crazy. It was great having those two on, though, because I got like we had them on. And I try to like, you know, you do it with a purpose every week and you try to like kind of get to certain things. So you know, Ted obviously played with Brady and um, and it was interesting having AJ on too. And one of the reasons I want to have him on is because he played in the Favre Vikings Packers games, you know? And so I think that's probably the most comparable thing to this week that we have, at least that I can remember, um, you know, Favre going back into Lambeau as a Viking. So yeah, I mean, it was interesting having those two guys on and, 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 and yeah, like listening to AJ who played linebacker in the league for a long time, was the fifth overall pick, won a Super Bowl, was a captain in Green Bay and everything else. The reverence he had for the way that Ted played that position was pretty interesting. Before we get to Brady, uh, I think two big-name guys that have landed this week, mm -hmm. Josh Gordon with the Chiefs, and this morning, Richard Sherman with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, any thoughts or insight on either one of those? I saw when yeah. you said something about Josh Gordon, like maybe I saw a tweet well, from you. I mean, you I, I was maybe. sort of like, you know, you know, so Adam tweeted out the like image of whatever it is, like the Photoshop, which those Photoshops are unbelievable. I don't know how people turn them around as quick as they do. Uh, you know, but like, I just think it's kind of gotten to the point where like, we don't know if he's ever going to contribute anything like, and I, you know, I, I like I'm like everybody else. I'm rooting for him to get healthy. But I mean, how many times have we been through this where, you know, you think he's going to be able to make some sort of big contribution and, you know, it winds up, you know, that he's maybe out there for a couple of weeks and then something else happens. So, you know, I think with the with that one, it has to be wait, wait and see, Ross, you know, and he's not that young anymore either. That's the other thing. Like, I don't think he's physically what he was and um, he was incredible, an incredible, incredible athlete when he was at his peak. But if he had played straight through, this would be his 10th NFL season. So this isn't like a prospect anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I, I think the Chiefs taking a swing on him is sort of indicative of the issues that they had really kind of backfilling behind 
Sammy Watkins and Chris Connolly, you know, when those guys were there as kind of the two and the three to Tyreek Hill, um, when Pat first became the starter, you know, I think they knew over time they were going to have to replace those guys. And McCole Hardman was really supposed to be the guy that was going to be the number two. And, you know, I think you've seen some kind of ups and downs with Hardman and can he really be, you know, uh, a legitimate number two receiver in that offense. And, um, you know, I think because they've struggled a little bit and they've done so many things there well, it's hard to criticize them. But because I think they've struggled to sort of backfill behind Tyreek at, at receiver, they have to take swings like this. So I think that's what that one is. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, with, 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 with Richard Sherman, you know, I, I do think, um, you know, and, and haven't gotten to know him over the years, like a lot of other people have, like I was stunned, um, you know, with some of the stuff that happened in the spring. Um, but I think he's been upfront with teams about it. And I think he's genuinely wants to keep playing and he's been working hard to try to, um, to try to get him, try to get himself in a position where he can play, where he can step in in September or October and play. Um, and I know he's also kind of, you know, worked hard on the other side of it too, and gone to therapy and all of that. So, you know, you hope he comes out of this okay, because I do think he's, you know, like I have every reason to believe he's a genuinely good guy who messed up. And, um, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Bucks here, because if he winds up signing there, I think he can still bring something to the table for them, you know, and, and, and Sherm also talked to the Seahawks and the, and the Niners. Um, so I, I think he can legitimately bring something to the table for the Bucks. Um, part of the, part of the whole deal with Tampa right now is they've had a couple of their young quarter corners get nicked up. Murphy Bunnings on, on IR, um, you know, and, and, and Jamel Dean went down with a knee injury last week. So, um, you know, the one issue that they had um, during camp, like if you looked at their roster, they were so stacked everywhere. It was funny because you look at it and you say, like, these are champagne problems. Like, who is your who's your fourth offensive tackle? Right. Like, who's your fifth corner? And, you know, when you're in the summer, you don't really think of those as being real issues. But the way the NFL season plays out, eventually some of those things can come up. So I think that's where the Bucks are right now, where. Um, you know, they've gotten a little nicked up with their young talent at corner. And so they feel like they maybe need somebody to come in and help out. So let's dive into Albert, uh, Tom Brady back in Foxborough. You know, you grew up there, you've covered the team, you live there now. I felt like between that and all your sources, you were the perfect person to talk to about this. I've talked to a lot of people over the years that have told me different things. My personal belief, Albert, and I want to get your opinion, is that in 2018, in August, after Garoppolo had gotten a deal for close to $28 million a year, mm-hmm. Brady was making $15 million that year. He asked for more money to make it a little bit more reasonable, so he's not making like half of what the top guys were making. And the Patriots gave him $5 million in incentives. Mm-hmm. I thought this at the time. I still think it now. I thought that was incredibly insulting. Yeah. Guy who had always taken less money, had already won you five Super Bowls. If Brady says he wants $5 bucks, give it so to him. $20 million a year, <laughs> give him the $5 million bucks. <laughs> but Albert, they made it incentives. Now, I don't know this for sure, and, but and, in my head, yeah. as soon as they did that, I believe that set everything in motion 
for 2019 to be his last year. Well, I'll just say this. Like, at the end of 2017, and I've said this a few places, like, at the end of 17, I think there was a real question in that organization, is Brady going to be here next year? Is Bill going to be here next year? And things had gotten so tense, I think, between the two and 17, there was a very real question of, you know, whether or not. And, in fact, it got to the point, Ross, like there was a point where I know at the highest level of that organization, they were actually kind of like, do we need to look for contingency plans in case Bill walks away? Like they had looked at like, what will we do if Bill walked away? So I don't think things were in a great place then. He throws for 500 yards in the Super Bowl and they lose, right? And um, Tom versus Time came out. And of course, Seth had his big story um, that came out at the end of that year. So that's all in the backdrop. I'm with you 100%, though, on like the incentives. Just give him the freaking money. Like, like and I, I remember saying it at the time, why are, you making the, why are you making this guy sing for his supper, right? And everything in that organization, you played there, you know that everything's about precedent with them, right? Like we don't want to set a bad precedent here because then so-and-so is going to come for the table and ask for X, Y, and Z. So that's why we can't do it, right? No one in that locker room was going to look at Tom Brady and say, that's not the exception. You know what I mean? Like no one in that locker room is going to go, is going to like say like, but I think they had for, for, for so many years, they had sort of used Brady like, like with other people and saying, well, if we don't do it for Tom, we can't do it for you. Right. And it had become such a sort of, I think, such a hammer for them in negotiations that, like, that's how you get there. And, yeah, I mean, if you're Brady, it would absolutely piss you off because it's like, what more do I have to do? Like, I've won you five Super Bowls. At that point, it was five. I've won with less. I've I've covered up personnel mistakes. I have made it so we rebuilt the roster on the fly. And you never dropped off that stadium, which is in the middle of nowhere is full every week. You've built like a, basically a city around the stadium in the middle of nowhere. You've built a shopping mall. You're monetizing that. And you can't, and, and you're going to make me, you're, you're going to make me throw for X amount of yards to get that 5 million bucks. I, like I, like I can purse, I can see why personally that would be offensive. So I'm with you on that. So that was 2018. And then just to refresh the timeline, so then before 2019, he basically signed a one-year deal that was like, okay, it's one year and you can't franchise tag me. Yeah. Like everything he did was so that he, so 2019, he had options. Right. And so I think a piece of it too, Ross, was like, I think if they, there, there was a time when if they had put the right sort of contract in front of them that wouldn't have looked that different from the contract the Bucks gave him, um, he would have been okay with it. And like, I don't even think it was about the raw dollars. Like you mentioned like the, the financial benchmarks, right? So like, I don't even think it was about that. I think it was, tell me you're my, tell me I'm your quarterback, right? And how do you do that? You guarantee the contract. Right. And if you look at the Bucks contract, what's the money? The money, the initial contract, two years, $50 million. What's the biggest piece of that contract for, like, if you're Tom Brady, what's the most important piece of that contract? It is fully guaranteed. I know I'm going to be your quarterback for the next two years. And so I think a big piece of this was the Patriots wanted to continue to go year to year. And Brady basically felt like I deserve the opportunity 
to have someone tell me I'm their guy and this isn't a year to year deal. And to me, that's exactly why like that whole provision um, against having the franchise tag against being franchise tag was put in there because that would be like sort of the mechanism the Patriots could use to continue to go year to year with him. So that was why it was a big deal for him to take that away from them. So that, so, th- so really whether it was 2018 or 2019, if they had given him that two year, 50 million fully guaranteed, he would have signed it. He would have done it. Yeah. Wow. I so, think he would have done it. I mean, like, so, and I, like I just like, again, like, and it's like, and I think part of it for them and part of it for Bill was Bill was afraid that like he was going to have Peyton Manning in 2015 on his hands. I also think he wanted to move the organ. I think there was a part of him and he'll never admit this, but I think there was a part of him that like wanted to do it without wanted to move the franchise forward and felt like that going year to year like this and going forward where you have to kind of invest in every year because you've got an older quarterback like he wanted to. I I think there's a huge part of him that wanted to be freed of that. And he'll never, I don't think he'll ever say it, but I think there was a piece of him that, you know, was like, this is what it is. I also think like he thought Brady was going to come back to them and say like, will you match this? And Brady didn't do that. So like, I think that's the other piece to it too. I think that he, maybe Bill, maybe Bill felt like, Brady would come back to them at some point and say, Hey, look, like this is what Tampa's offering. This is what the Chargers are offering. Can you can you beat this? And Brady never did that. Um, you know, one thing I've been thinking about, Albert, I, I kind of feel like, and I, I don't know how much thought he gave to it, and I don't know how much longer Belichick's gonna coach, mm-hmm. but with Brady looking like he's gonna play at least another year, maybe more than that. And with the way things look like they're headed this season for both those teams, potentially. Do you think there's any chance Robert Kraft essentially picked the wrong horse? Like Robert Kraft should have gone with Brady and, and if he had to move on from Belichick, I mean, you know, I, so far it certainly looks that way. Yeah, I think there is. Um, You know, I, I think sometimes we like, tend to and I think everybody's so obsessed with like like team building and the way the rosters are constructed and everything else and I think sometimes we miss the forest for the trees right like what's the goal it's to win championships right that's the goal of all 32 teams and only one can do it every year the chance to have to have the chance you'd have to do it you know this Ross is rare right like it's rare for a franchise to be in a position to win championships so if Tom Brady would have given you the opportunity, and I don't know that he would have because that roster was a mess, but if Tom Brady would have given you the opportunity in the short term over a two or three year period to compete for championships in the here and the now, is that worth more than like having Bill there to tear the thing down and maybe setting you up for the next 10 years if he can get a lot of things right? And I think it's sort of comparing like, say what the Dolphins did in 18, right? Where they tore the whole thing down and rebuilt through picks and all of that, right? Versus like what the Buccaneers did, which the Bucs basically decided to hell with 2023. Like we'll move cap charges into those years and we're competing for championships right now. And like, we'll deal with the repercussions when we deal with the repercussions. Like, 
I think sometimes people view that stuff as like wholly irresponsible when I think it's more situational than anything else. Like in the Bucks situation, like if you can compete for championships for the next two years with a roster stocked with guys that are in the prime of their careers, who the hell cares if you have a bad year in 2023? Like you can, like you can swallow that. You know what I mean? Like I, like I'll tell you what, like if that's the bargain, then I'm going to go through a rough 2023 where we're going to be like carrying 70 million in dead cap. Like, I, like who cares, right? Like you got to get a chance to compete at the highest level for two or three years and win championships. That's worth it, right? I mean, you're talking to the wrong guy because as a former player, it, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think I it's like, Albert. Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I just think it's like, I just think it's like we look at long-term stability and, and sometimes I think like, like people value the idea of like going 10 and six over every year over the chance to compete for a championship over a shorter period of time. That's all. Yeah. And it's stupid. But anyway, um, last question. Patriots fans, Sunday night mm -hmm. in Foxborough, what type of reception you think Brady will get? What type of reception do you think he should get? I, like you said off the top, I've lived here for most of my life. Um, I've obviously got a lot of friends who are Patriots fans. I have not, I've yet to meet one person who who rooted against the Buccaneers last year. No one. Like, and in fact, like you'll see people, I'll see friends of mine. My kid has one and kids in Buccaneers, Brady, Brady Buccaneers jerseys around here. So I think there's a tremendous loyalty to Brady as sort of this generation's Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Ted, Ted Williams. Um, this is a city that at one point, like Ray Bork, was a great hockey player here for almost 20 years goes to the Colorado to win a championship because the Bruins weren't very good while he was here and the city threw a parade for him when he won a title with the avalanche. So I think like, I think there's going to be a very warm reception for Brady. And I think where it could get ugly for the Patriots is if it's a blowout, I think Brady gets cheered and I think the Patriots might get booed, but I think there's zero chance Brady gets booed. Like, I just don't, I, I don't see it happening. And by the way, like, I think that's the right way to handle it too, based on what that guy has meant for this region. Um, and what that, what, what that guy has meant for a franchise that was, I mean, more or less like, and I guess you can't even use the Browns as the example anymore, right? <laughs> like of ineptitude because they aren't inept anymore, but like they were, you know, they, they were the dregs of the NFL. The Patriots were, and you remember this, like, and, um, you know, Bledsoe and Parcells were the ones that initially turned it around. But, I mean, Brady's the guy, the quarterback, who turned this into a gold standard franchise. And so I think people here understand that. And I think the thing they will do, and I think the thing that's the right thing to do, is to show gratitude for everything Brady gave to this region. Your best bet is to check him out on social media, at Albert Breer. That way, any of his shows, anything he writes mm – -hmm. You get all of it. Again, at Albert Breer. Thank you, Albert. Thanks, Ross. Always appreciate it. That guy is hired when it comes to talking about the NFL and the Patriots. You can hire the right people for your job at LinkedIn Jobs. It's made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster. And it's free. I mentioned free. You can focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role 
in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? You do now. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Takes. Morning, Ross. Uh, let's start with some cornerback news today. We've actually got a bit of it. Uh, Niners signed Buster Screen. Cardinals signed Quentin Dunbar. And the Bucks, as you and Albert already talked about, visiting with Richard Sherman. Right, and Richard officially signed this morning while we were talking. So Sherman is a buck. He's still got uh, a beautiful mind when it comes to playing in the secondary. They need somebody back there. Uh, everybody needs cornerbacks. That's why all these teams, Niners, Cardinals, Bucks, all scrambling to get guys that they know can be competent on the back end. Ducks takes. Some uh, updates on the NFL trade block. The Colts reportedly trying to move running back Marlon Mack, and the Lions finally cut Jamie Collins yesterday after they were unable to trade him. Right. Jamie Collins has made a lot of money off of playing well for the Patriots and then going to other teams like Cleveland and Detroit and not playing as well. It's unbelievable. It's like he gets paid peanuts to dominate in New England and then goes to Cleveland and Detroit and plays like crap. Who knows? Maybe he'll end up going back to New England again, although they don't really need him. As far as Marlon Mack, I think that's one of the reasons why he didn't play on Sunday is with Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, he's just not going to get very many touches. He wants a better opportunity. He's a good player. I, I would think he'll get an opportunity from somebody. I just don't know how much teams will be willing to give up to get him. Ducks takes. The injury bug has hit the Philadelphia Eagles again. Left guard Isaac Sayamalu done for the year with a Liz Frank injury to his foot. And safety Kayvon Wallace will go on IR with a shoulder injury. So it's not good uh, because Eagles already lost Jordan Mailata last week. He couldn't play at left tackle. And then you've got Brandon Brooks is out for at least eight weeks, they say. The right guard. So they're already down three starters on the O-line. So it's back to what it was like last year. And then they already have lost Brandon Graham on defense. Now Kayvon Wallace, you know, they already don't, don't have Rodney McLeod. He's been on PUP. So they're down at safety as well. It's just, uh, it's very unfortunate. I will say it is uncanny how often in the NFL you get cluster injuries at the places where it seems like you can afford it the least or you have the least amount of depth. Kind of like what Albert was talking about with the Bucks. It always seems to happen that way. It's like, doesn't water, like water goes to the lowest point or whatever that is, like water finds the lowest point. Well, that's the same with injuries. They, they find where you're missing guys the most. Speaking of injuries, you don't want beat up brake pads. You don't want squeaky, annoying brake pads. You want Duralast Elite brake pads available exclusively at AutoZone. Look, I'm a big fan of getting quality things in your life. 
as opposed to having to replace cheaper things or things that aren't as high quality, that's why Duralast Elite Brake Pads are what I'm talking about. They last three times longer than a typical Duralast pad. That is good news. For safer, smoother, quieter stops, I've had squeaky brakes. Nobody likes squeaky brakes. It's not fun. You feel weird when you pull up the place and it goes, no, you don't want that. You want Duralast Elite Brake Pads. The future of stopping, it starts with Duralast Elite Brake Pads only at AutoZone. Let's get to an email, Bri. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. So the email address is ross at rostucker.com. We tend to get to one on Wednesday, one on Thursday. Love your emails because it means you took advantage of one of our sponsors and then sent it to me, ross at rostucker.com. Still waiting for people to take advantage of Keep. Sign up for Keeps and get the free Madden this week. Keeps.com slash Ross or any of the Keeps codes you hear on the other shows as well. What do you got, Bri? All right. Hey, Ross. Love your shows. I am so much better informed down here in Sydney by listening to, uh, to Adam and Greg and, of course, yourself. I'm Australia's biggest NFL fan. I get up at 3 a.m. to watch the games. As I was brought up on rugby's union and league, I'm often shocked at two points about defenders in the NFL. Number one, why are they not better at tackling? And number two, if they know it's a third down play and are in front of the receiver, why don't D-backs simply knock the ball down more or at least try and get in the line of sight of the quarterback? That is from Gary. And I think he was referring to Andrew and Greg, not Adam and Greg. Right. Uh, Thank you, Gary. So um, two things. So as for tackling, number one, they don't practice it uh, nearly as much as they probably do in rugby league and rugby union. And that is because uh, they're really trying to prevent injuries And because of the nature of helmets and shoulder pads, your head is involved more and uh, they don't want guys getting concussioned. But also I would say, Gary, I think the people carrying the ball in the NFL are uh, a little more elusive than what I've seen from the rugby guys. It's not easy to tackle these guys at all. Uh, That's number one. And I'm not really sure what you mean on the third down play and they're in front of the receiver. They do try to simply knock the ball down more. I, I'm not sure what you're referring to as opposed to what. Um, that that one, I don't have as good of an understanding of what you're going for there, Gary, unfortunately. But I love that you get up at 3 a.m. to watch the games. I love that you listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast. I love that you're the type of person that should be a tuckhead patreon.com slash RT media like pizza boy brewing sportaculture vision comics with an X humanheadnyc.com and steakhouse sports.com even money yesterday and college draft were epic definitely check out Andrew Brandt's business of sports this week very interesting with the uh, head of marketing for the Greenbrier where the Niners stay and other teams have stayed and then of course We've got Fantasy Feast Part 1 today, Part 2 tomorrow. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. 
Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 